Hi everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Arts Forward MKE. I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. If you're new to the show, each week I'll sit down with an artist or arts administrator in Milwaukee and dive deep into their story, asking them about their Milwaukee origin, their early memories that sparked a love of the arts, their current work, and their vision for the future of the city. New episodes are out each Thursday, and if you haven't listened to the first three, I definitely encourage you to do so. I enjoyed awesome conversations with Dasha Kelly Hamilton, Ken Brown, and Brandon Minka. On today's episode, I speak with Brian Rott, Executive Director of Quasimondo Physical Theater. A quick note, the first several episodes of this series, including this one, were recorded before the pandemic, so that's why you won't hear any mention of its impact. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. <laughs> Glad to have you here and uh, learn a little bit more about Quasimondo. Um, but to start off, to set the tone, I like to start each of these interviews with the same question, uh, which okay. is, do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that really stuck with you, that really impacted you? Mm, uh, early in life, yeah. I I think I had a lot of uh, influences as a child. I, I, as far as from like a performance standpoint, my mother was a big fan of the Broadway musical. Mm. And so we would listen to those soundtracks in the car and, um, and occasionally go see uh, local productions. <laughs> that and I can, and, and also I went to the art museum as, as a kid mm. when I was very little and I would do summer classes there mm -hmm. in, in everything. And like, so uh, you grew up around here. I did. I yeah. grew up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those, those Broadway musicals, did you learn from an early age to memorize the words and belt them along in the car? <laughs> I did learn to memorize them, um, just for the fun of it. It was also just singing. I just, uh, we, we sang a lot mm -hmm. growing up and, um, and whether it was a Broadway musical or, uh, the Beatles, mm -hmm. um, or Jimi Hendrix, um, we would always be singing. There's a lot of music in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So to dive right into your work that we know you most for today, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tell me about the, f the forming of Quasimondo. I read that it was founded in 2012 with some fellow MFA candidates uh, in Arezzo. Is that how you say it? Arezzo, Italy? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So tell us more about the spark that got that going uh, there and then who your co-conspirators were. Right. With you. Yeah. Um, so I went to, um, I did a master's program in physical theater at, like you said, uh, at the Academia dell'Arte in Arezzo, Italy. And it was in Tuscany. It was a beautiful place to, mm. to study. And I also just spent several years um, kind of bumming around in Europe and Asia, learning different uh, international theatrical uh, methodologies and practices. Mm -hmm. um, we were, our, our cohort um, uh, having spent about three years together and, and studied and traveled and learned a kind of common vocabulary, we um, were trying to start a company at that time. And, um, and that's where, where Quasimundo came from. Um, quasi being kind of, um, meaning kind of, sort of like in any language pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and Mundo being Italian for world. Mm -hmm. So uh, the meaning kind of is... These, these worlds um, that we create 
on stage, um, particular to the artists and the individuals working mm -hmm. with it, um, working on the project. They're, you know, they're kind of sort of um, representations of, of the world, of, mm -hmm. of the reality that we each live in. So then, what? How, how did I end up here? So uh, basically, our um, uh, my classmates were from all over, and uh, our our student visas were running out, um, and so I ended up just coming back to Milwaukee to finish writing my thesis. Uh, I'm from Milwaukee, and so it was kind of a landing ground for me. Uh, and I really I had no intention of staying in Milwaukee. But I was writing my thesis, spending way too much time on my computer and at uh, libraries. And a friend of mine who recently graduated with a MFA in composition from UWM, he had a little arts and music collective mm. and was putting on a show. And he said, hey, you're spending too much time in books. Uh, <laughs> do you want to create something for us, uh, for this piece to the public? And I said, yeah. Uh, because of that, I got in touch with... A few uh, older collaborators who, who I had known, uh, Jesse Miller, and um, who's the associate artistic director of our company, and, um, and a composer by the name of Steve Gallum. And we created a few different pieces that we liked very much. Um, but <laughs> this, this, this concert uh, with, with theater and dance in it, uh, it was. It, it happened to be performed once, and it was the like the blizzard <laughs> of that year. There of was. Course. That's it, really the risk of putting on shows in oh, Wisconsin sometimes, right? Yes, and <laughs> and there were eight people in the audience, uh, and we understand why it was like a yeah. winter emergency, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but we kind of walked away from it, saying, "Hey, uh, not not enough people saw this, and we really liked the work," and we ended up talking about what it would be like to form a company here in Milwaukee. And uh, we kind of looked around at, at what was happening and we thought that what we were doing was, was, was unique. And so we, that's when we, we formed uh, the company. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, what is physical theater and what makes it different or alike to other theater forms and other dance forms? That's a very good question. <laughs> and I think uh, if you talk to other people uh, and companies that, that do physical theater, um, there's a variety of ways to define it. It is kind of a, an, umbrella, uh, an umbrella word, but we use it um, for our company. It means that we do live performance in which the primary method of communication is not the spoken language. So we do have words, and we do use our voices, mm -hmm. um, but our process and the work we do is more interdisciplinary and um, includes different international styles and also multimedia. Um, so, for example, it, it includes more movement and dance and... Mm -hmm. Um, and puppetry and masks and circus and mime and Comedia dell'arte. And it's influenced by different international uh, traditions and styles. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, that's how we define <laughs> uh, physical theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the works you do are would be stories that would be familiar to people already, like Dr. Faustus coming up in March. What do you think is the... 
is the experience of an audience member, what might they take away from seeing the story in that way as opposed to perhaps other storytelling methods? Yeah. Well, I think um, our, our work tends to be very accessible um, to, to all audiences, um, also younger audiences, because it's, it tends to be visual and aural and, and exciting. Um, and so even if we're working with like a more traditional piece of text, um, you know, being Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe, um, we've done other, other plays as well, uh, or, you know, have adapted works of literature like Animal Farm or Fahrenheit 451. Um, but for me, it's, um, yeah, it, 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 our, our approach to more classical works, um, are to still bring out kind of the main themes and stories, um, but to do so in 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 innovative way that we use our bodies and sounds and and different techniques in order to make the work accessible to contemporary audiences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What made you personally fall in love with the art form that you practice? If you if you can pinpoint it. Oh, that, that's <laughs> a great question. Um, I mean. Theater is is beautiful because it kind of uh, it, it encapsulates most of the art forms. It, in, it, it incorporates visual art, mm -hmm. music, uh, storytelling, and then besides that, you have the live interactive element. I think while why some arts tend to be. Mm, more better for, for certain personality types as far as the amount of people that you work with and how you present your work. Um, theater is always live. You always have an audience to work with, and it's truly a collaboration amongst a team of performers and designers that are going through, you know, uh, you know what could be a five-week process to to a year process. So for me, that that extra um, the interaction that you have and the excitement of live um, performance with you know the ability to communicate uh, in that moment with audiences with other people is what truly makes you know theater kind of a a beautiful thing for me. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about the, the team of people that you create work with here in Milwaukee. Uh, do you have a core company? Does it vary per project? And, and what really makes a really makes a team of performers gel super well? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, first, I just have to say we have a really, we have a beautiful team, um, a beautiful ensemble that we work with. And it most of, of the people that are, are part of our ensemble were performers and artists that we started working with our first year as an organization around 2012. Um, they're not, they're kind of a, a diverse intersection of visual artists and puppeteers, dancers, and musicians. Um, but we kind of, um, in, in putting our first season forward and spreading the word about our company, we attracted certain types who wanted to make original work. And that's why I think that we've continued to have such a strong ensemble mm -hmm. um, because it's, 
Um, it, it, it's a particular type of work. And the, as, as far as um, personal, you know, or like, like or who, who some of the actual people are, mm-hmm. um, we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jesse Miller, who's uh, the Associate Artistic Director. And she has a background in clowning and dance and theater. And um, Jenny Ranke, um, who is, is a dancer and a classical musician. Um, and then there's Andrew Parchman, who is a, a puppeteer and a performer. Michael Pettit, who is a wonderful um, puppet maker, visual arts background, and kind of um, community-based theater as well. Mm. So a whole bunch of really wonderful people with a lot of uh, multidisciplinary backgrounds, it sounds like. Yes, yes. A yeah. uh, wonderful group. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I'll, yeah. I can add something else to that. Sure. Um, how did we, uh, you said, how do you kind of get on the same page? Yeah, as, like as what far makes as, an ensemble gel well? What's the magic? Right. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a part of our process. So, like, we always begin, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying that, um, most of the work that we do is completely original. So we are creating a live performance through a devising process. And a devising process um, for us, it, it can always be different things depending on the project, but we start with a theme or a story or an, or, uh, an idea, and an impetus um, for creation. And then we do different types of exercises that, you know, could be more physical, but they could have to do with making music or art. And after we kind of collect those different pieces, which the ensemble puts forward, then we begin to, to see what we have um, and say, okay, well, how, how could this be a performance? What direction do we want to go in as a group? Uh, so that, going through that process and, and learning that common vocabulary, as well as training. I think in the, when you guys came... To, to videotape our rehearsal the other day, yeah, you yeah. probably caught a glimpse of some of the training and exercises we do that's specific to our company. Mm-hmm. Um, so to change course a little bit, not only are you executive director of this company, but uh, you are you're, you and your company are also undertaking this big, exciting project of transforming the historic North Milwaukee Village Hall and Fire Station into a space called the North Milwaukee Art House, which is really exciting and sounds like such a big undertaking. Uh, so tell us more <laughs> about the about the vision for this this place and how you found this building. Yeah, um, it is. It, it is a big undertaking, uh, but not comparatively to, to kind of what our company has gone through in the past. Um, I'll give you a little a little bit of a history. Uh, so we were first located at a place called the Milwaukee Fortress, um, which is over on, on First and Pleasant in the Brewers Hill neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we, we created a, a studio there um, for the first three years of our existence. And then the property, which was a beautiful old uh, former boot factory, was, it was sold and it was turned into condominiums. And so at that time... We had pretty good timing because we were in talks with Milwaukee Public Theater to create a new art space. Uh, it was just a matter of like when. Mm-hmm. And, but we were able to go, go straight into creating what was 
to be named um, Studio G at the shops of the Grand Avenue Mall um, on Wisconsin Avenue, right across the uh, from the TJ Maxx there. Mm-hmm. And it was a former linens and things. Uh, <laughs> so it was just this... this uh, a gigantic It looked space. like an empty linens and things. It, it looked like an empty linens and things. The shelves were all still there. Oh, yeah. We like tore yeah. them down. Um, but we created a, a black box theater there. Wow. And offices and a workshop and classroom spaces. And it worked really well for us. Um, we, there were also a few other arts organizations that were sharing the space with us at the time. Mm. But it really allowed us to, um, well, to to expand our, our programming uh, capacity, uh, but also to kind of build community around a location. Um, and then the Shops of Grand Avenue was sold to uh, different developers and they decided that they've, you know, um, wanted to turn it into condos as well. Um, <laughs> so, so we left uh, then. Yeah. Um, and it was around that time that we had, we had said... Um, obviously we, we spent at that point, it would have been about five years, I think, um, putting our, our resources into creating a space, a home for our organization. Um, but then, you know, losing the progress that we had made, uh, pretty much through no fault of our own. So we decided that we wanted to find a permanent home, um, and purchase a building ourselves. We started looking all around Milwaukee. Um, we really didn't know. We weren't particular about what neighborhood uh, we were looking in, but we knew that we wanted to make a difference as far as um, be in a community where there wasn't currently um, access to the arts, and you know, and a neighborhood that wasn't uh, receiving those benefits. Mm. So. We were we were looking on. We, we looked at the south side. Uh, we looked at the um, the northwest side. We looked at the Concordia neighborhood. Probably about sixty different properties over a year and a half period. Wow! Yeah, it was quite a bit. Um, and we thought we'd never find something, uh, but then. The, so was it a process of going into a space, being like, "This isn't it yet." And on to the next. Yeah. We had yeah. a big checklist and yeah. our, our ensemble members, whoever could come with us, we would go and, and you know, discuss the benefits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this property was uh, previously foreclosed by the city of Milwaukee and, um, and had been vacant for about five years. And, um, and it was, it's located on pretty much 35th and Villard Avenue um, in the neighborhood of Old North Milwaukee. And when we went to go see it, um, we just kind of fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect size that, that we were looking for. And, um, and it was a beautiful building unto itself. Uh, originally built in, in 1901, it was the, the village hall and fire station for the then village, which became a city of North Milwaukee. Mm. So like there's a South Milwaukee and there's a West Milwaukee. There used to be a North Milwaukee Mm -hmm. um, that was its own distinct municipality and it became annexed in 1929 to to just become part of the greater Milwaukee area. Mm. So, and we also loved the history of the building. Following that, it was... um, 
the, the next thing, you know, we did was kind of get in touch with the community and uh, reach out to the local stakeholders. Um, we started attending meetings at the Villard Avenue Business Improvement District, and we um, started having, I think we had a series of six um, kind of like open, we call them village hall meetings at the library on mm. 35th and Villard, mm-hmm. um, in which we invited residents and had snacks and stuff and talked about art and how they you know, thought about us moving into this space and you know what they would like to see happen in their community um, and where we would fit into that. Mm-hmm. And so that was like really valuable. We collected a lot of people's um, you know, wishes and, um, and, and surveys from that. And yeah, that was the other thing that we also got in touch with kind of the local government mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. the city of Milwaukee and Alderman Ashanti Hamilton were very, um, very supportive. And that, along with um, the outreach that we had done, we made the decision to go ahead and purchase the building, mm-hmm. which we did. And um, and since then, we've been uh, we've been fundraising uh, to mm-hmm. you know restore it into uh, kind of a, a hub for arts and education uh, on Milwaukee's north side. What a great way to enter into a community and a neighborhood that you weren't a part of yet Mm -hmm. with real intentionality of we, we think there's a, there's room for this asset of this arts hub, but what does that look like for, for you as neighbors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was really important to kind of start from that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So how is progress on the project going? What, what can people do if you had one ask for listeners? <laughs> you know, what is it that's needed next? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're, we're in the middle of kind of the quiet phase of our capital campaign. And we're, we're doing very well <laughs> right now. Um, we're almost about, we're about halfway to our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in supporting uh, this project, you can certainly find more information on our website. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can email me um, about how you, know, you might be able to help, uh, help make the North Milwaukee Art House um, come to fruition. Awesome. Great. So uh, to turn to a few questions that are more about Milwaukee's art scene at large. Mm-hmm. What do you think is it that makes Milwaukee's theater and dance scene so unique? We have such a vibrant theater and dance scene. Um, what is it from an artistic perspective, from the performer perspective, and from the audience that makes uh, Milwaukee's scene so exciting? Yeah. I, I think, uh, at least for me, it's, it's exciting because of the amount of, of diversity that we have in Milwaukee. Um, and we have kind of very, um, we have like larger companies who have been around more time um, that offer a variety of really amazing programming. But then it seems like there's, there's always new companies, new initiatives that are, are bubbling up. Um, so there's just a, uh, it's what seemingly like a, a a wealth, uh, a plethora of exciting opportunities to engage in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's great to, you know, have the options of, 
you know, going to the Milwaukee Rep or, you know, going to the basement of a bar down the street in River West and seeing a performance there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, yeah. And, and there's a real sense that you can always try something new. And maybe that's part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very supportive community, too, um, as far as people uh, and patrons that are, that are interested in, in attending these things. Mm-hmm. It seems that building partnerships and collaboration with other art groups in the city is pretty central to your work. Recent collaborations include with Present Music, with Milwaukee Opera Theater. Um, tell me more about how you explore those partnerships, how you enter into them, and what makes them really fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that for me, that's uh, the best thing about working on theater are those that you work with and the collaborations that you make and, and kind of that synergy um, of creation that only happens when working with other people and sharing ideas. For us, uh, collaboration comes very easily because our, our process is collaborative to begin with. And um, the work we make is a, it's an exact... Um, representation of the people that are involved. So, you know, whether working with an opera company or um, a contemporary music organization or a classical Shakespeare um, company or the Milwaukee Art Museum or uh, Old World Wisconsin, the the collaboration part is normally very easy for us. And, um, and we work with, you know, with those organizations um, to, you know, come up with something new that kind of like highlights what we do as well as um, that organization's mission. And I, I suppose because of that, um, how, which is why that we've continued to collaborate so regularly. Mm-hmm. Kind of at a really you know, to really get up into the clouds a bit. What does the future look like for Milwaukee Arts and Culture at large from your perspective? What are our strengths as a community and what are our areas for growth? Yeah. Um, It seems like um, um, support and arts funding um, in, in different places kind of ebbs and flows. And... I think that that Milwaukee right now is um, is is blossoming. Um, it seems to me that it's it's really exciting that there's a resurgence in in arts funding. That there's uh, that maybe for a while um, arts and arts education seemed or was taking the place as almost a fringe benefit um, as far as its impact um, on, on those that are, are that engage with it. Um, but now it's, it seems like it's once again, you know, kind of returning to, um, to getting, you know, more regular funding. Um, there's kind of a, a, along with the diversity of, 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 you know, different companies that have come out. It seems like there's some really exciting new organizations that are going into supporting the infrastructure 
of Milwaukee arts scene as well, including Imagine MKE mm-hmm. and um, and Marn and um, and No Studios and. Uh, I'm probably forgetting like several, but, um, <laughs> but that part is really exciting. And I was in on, on, on the, the visioning sessions for Imagine MKE. And if you say, if you look at, um, if you look at a city like Minneapolis and Minnesota, um, they do, they have a fair amount of, of arts funding, you know, but you really have to impact the local government in order to make that happen. And that's something that Imagine MKE talked about right away. You know, how can we, you know, increase the amount of public support for the arts, which I think is, is crucial for Milwaukee. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's great. I'm, I'm not sure if it's because of that or not, but um, the Milwaukee Arts Board has in, in recently increased funding and it seems that there's more opportunities also that are, are starting in different parts of the city, as opposed to being located in maybe two communities, mm-hmm. um, two neighborhoods. Now you're seeing um, you're seeing arts facilities um, that are popping up and receiving support. Like in, your own. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, yeah it's true. <laughs> Very it's importantly, true. like your own. Yeah. And we're not the first, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look at arts at large, and and this facility too. Um, and others uh, around the city. And so I think that is also really important, the, uh, the power of, of the arts, you know, to um, create, you know, opportunities and, and transform um, development, you know, within different neighborhoods. Yeah, there's a lot of transformative energy around the arts in Milwaukee right now. Which I is think it's very exciting. Pretty thrilling to be a part of, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. more questions so something that is important to imagine is is wondering how artists and arts administrators can be more integrated and woven into the civic fabric of our city you know finding places at tables uh whether in neighborhoods, in city government, in civic organizations, you know, focused on um, changing the tides of some of the biggest, bigger social challenges in Milwaukee. Do you have a perspective on on how artists and arts administrators can best uh, position themselves to be in those conversations? It's a tricky question. Yeah, so it's okay. If <laughs> it's it's a big question. Um, yeah, it's a very good question though. I mean, I kind of feel like, like it, like it, maybe it gets in back to that public funding and, um, and recognition, um, from, you know, different local and governmental entities, of how important the arts are to our communities and to well-being and health in general. Um, so, like with that recognition, um, maybe it's it's having more funding in order to invite and support those arts groups. So they're not just 
you know, working um, kind of in, in, in their own, you know, bubbles or, or, or vacuum, um, but that there is public funding that allows administrators to come, you know, and form, you know, meaningful partnerships mm-hmm. that address local public issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, perhaps those intersections aren't always, aren't always obvious right away to, to the people in charge of public funding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's just like continuing to mm-hmm. build those bridges yeah. um, and create those relationships, you know, that, that support social um, and, you know, human welfare issues um, as well as, you know, local, local arts organizations. Mm-hmm. Um. So I know a little bit about your Milwaukee origin story. You grew up here. You came back. It was the right place to start building Quasimondo. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a bigger sense, what makes you stay? What makes you want to invest in this city? Mm. Well, um, I love the city. I, I, I think that, um, that the work that I'm doing here with our company is important. I like that it, Milwaukee has always felt like a a big small town, kind of. Um, there's, when I had initially had moved back here, I had probably anticipated moving to a larger city, say Chicago or um, or New York or something like that. Um, but that's why we stayed in Milwaukee because there really wasn't another physical theater company doing the type of work that we do. Um, and for us, uh, that's important. You know, that's something that, that we can, you know, um, give, you know, to the, the community. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, and I, I also think that Milwaukee is filled with potential and it's been growing. It's, it's art scene every year, you know, I, I see more, and, um, and more investment in the arts and um, larger groups of people being involved with the arts. So I'm just excited to, to kind of be a part of that development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk today, Brian. I want to close with one question that um, gets at celebrating the abundance of Milwaukee's arts community, which Imagine is all about. Uh-huh. So I invite you to tell us about something you're excited about in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene right now that you want to celebrate, you want to lift up, shout out. Uh, could be an individual, could be a place, could be a project, something you're excited about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, there's uh, so many kind of exciting things that are, are happening if I were to say one thing in particular, um, I would have to say that, you know, uh, that I'm really, hmm, hmm. It's all good. I'm not sure if this answers it. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
honestly, if I were to think of one thing, it is the potential for how Imagine MKE can like transform the local art scene. Uh, that seems Folks, we did not pay him to say that. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, but I, I think that that with all of the things that we had talked about at, at, at those meetings um, to, you know, support diverse organizations to support and kind of foster small companies in different parts of the city um, and to affect local government um, to support the arts. Those are things that no one else is doing. And that will be transformative in Milwaukee. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thanks sorry. Thanks for the I, Imagine shout out. I know, and I, uh, thanks for being here. <laughs> So that episode ended kind of abruptly because Brian went on to share with us an event that he was planning on going to in person that weekend, which is unfortunately in the past. So we didn't need to share it with you. But thank you so much for listening today, friends. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform or go to imaginemke.org slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode next Thursday. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast, Imagine This Podcast, and follow us on social. On Facebook, we are Imagine Space MKE, and on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Imagine underscore MKE. Special shout out to musician Amanda Huff for the use of her song, Caroline's, which you're listening to now. Be well. <laughs>